sermon podcast of Dan Roschke, pastor of Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information about Bethlehem, visit our website at blclife.org. But now, here's Pastor Dan and his sermon for today. Friends, grace to you and peace. We ought to hear these exhortations from Jesus in our gospel text today actually as grace and peace being offered to us. But it's tough. It takes some digging deeper this time. Jesus' words sometimes are clear and plain. The parables are very understandable and and, and colorful, and we get it right away. And sometimes we have to pull out our biblical probing tools, our cultural anthropological, our Greek, our social science commentaries, etc., And we need to study Jesus' words here about divorce and adultery in Matthew chapter 5, which has driven such a a self-righteousness wedge between God's people for centuries. Need to be studied, looked at deeper. These words can make one group feel like they don't belong in the church and Another group gets all puffed up. Well, I've never done those things. And and that's not what Jesus is talking about at all. The other word for that, by the way, is hypocrisy. (laughs) And in Matthew's gospel, that especially is embodied by the old Pharisees. Getting all puffed up. Well, I've never done those things. And then just driving this wedge and others just thinking, well, I don't belong in the church. Okay, first of all, Let's remember that this passage here today is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And always in ancient Mediterranean culture, the most important stuff comes at the beginning and at the end, but especially at the beginning. You remember what was at the beginning of the sermon? It's that passage about Jesus saying, blessed are the pure in heart. He said a whole bunch of blessings. But the one I just keep coming back to in this season is, is blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God And I shared a couple weeks ago Eugene Peterson's translation of that. He said, blessed are you when you get your head and your heart right, your internal stuff right, your your interior life, your contemplative life in order, because then you can see God in the external world, in in the rest of the world. You can see God everywhere out there. Okay, that was at the beginning of the sermon. So even that, where this text is located, is important. It's part of reading the context. We also want to read sections of Matthew as part of the whole gospel. It's important to remember also that Jesus is talking to his disciples here. Not huge crowds like in the gospel of Luke. In Luke, he sits down on a plane and he's talking to a whole bunch of people. This says that he's talking to his disciples. This is insider talk, in other words. They all know the commandments to which he's referring. They were all good Jewish children raised in good Jewish households. They all knew their Torah. And today it's these three. Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, and thou shalt not bear false witness. And Jesus has taken it to the next level. You see? He's challenging them to see that this Jesus-following life is not just about following the letter of the law. It's not, just a, it, 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 it's, it's not just about being legal, you know, not breaking any rules or any laws. 
It's about catching the spirit of the law. And the spirit of the law is offered to us in love. It's offered to us to grant grace and peace in our lives. This is insider talk. Sometimes we talk in, in, in big general ways and sometimes we hone in a little more. We go a little deeper. We go to the middle of the sermon. It's beyond just external, bare minimum, law-abiding. To put it plainly, our text reminds us today that God cares about our relationships with each other. It's not just this vertical relationship with God. It's, it's the horizontal. God cares about our relationships with each other. Or to put it even more plainly, God doesn't want us to hurt each other. So these passages about anger and marriage and divorce, slandering and lying, lusting, all of these are situations where people hurt each other, where people get hurt and, and hurt others badly. Matthew's gospel and today we read Paul's letter and the passage from Deuteronomy, those ancient words, they all invite us to choose life so that we may truly live, not just get by in this blessed and broken world that God has given us. There's a difference between just following the rules because they're the rules and allowing the rules to lead and guide you to a much richer, fuller, more compassionate, more joyful, more spirit-felt experience of life. See, the spirit of the law is good. That's next level. The spirit of the law is good. Great minds of the Reformation, many years later, 1500s, talked about how the law is, is, it's helpful to think about the law as a curb, you know? The law doesn't actually stop us from driving off the road. You can drive over the curb and go off the road, but the law is a curb. It guides us smoothly and much more safely to our destination. And by safely, I mean when people aren't getting hurt. How we can hurt each other in our relationships, in our sibling rivalries, in our marriages, in our collegial relationships, at church, at work, at school, out in public with perfect strangers, and, and, and certainly at home. There is a certain hell of fire. I don't want to forget the fact that that is used in this text today. Hell of fire. There is a certain hell of fire that we can experience when relationships are strained or even broken. That word hell in Greek is Gehenna, which everyone of that time knew was the trash dump that was eternally on fire because waste just kept getting dragged out of the city walls of, say, Jerusalem and dumped. And so everyone could see the smoke of Gehenna and it was a vivid illustration for Jesus to use. He's really using hyperbole again here. There is a certain hell of fire that we experience when anger and jealousy, lust and dishonesty infect our relationships, right? Siblings in Christ, God cares about this. Christ Jesus offers us life in this, in all those but I say to use. He's He's also, by the way, barking down those Pharisees who really bullied and you could say hurt the people. Even though we don't think Pharisees were probably present at that time, he's, he's just 
he's filling his disciples with this information. You've heard it said, don't murder, but I say to you, even when you're angry with a sibling, with a brother or sister, you're liable. <laughs> Whew, that's enough for us to work on this, this week right there, isn't it? <laughs> How is your anger management going? It takes work. And our community of faith is so essential to that work. We need rules, we need bridles to keep us in check because our anger can come undone. And we also need each other. Our anger can come undone and not just externally. Of course, some of us have issues with shows of anger on the outside. But others of us bury our anger deep down inside so that it festers and comes out in all kinds of unhealthy ways. Bitterness, passive-aggressive, backstabbing. All that's included here, too. God cares about our relationships. God cares about us. God cares about you. Don't bury your anger. And don't hurt people, either. You've probably heard that statement. And how true it is, hurt people, hurt people. That's why it takes work to break that cycle. And our community of faith is so essential to that work. So it's in that same vein. I haven't talked about marriage and divorce yet, but, but, but that's in the same vein. The same can be said about adultery and divorce. It's... It's helpful to remember, first of all, that divorce and marriage, for that matter, in that period and that place was very different. You probably know that, but it needs to be said again here today. Very different understanding of marriage. And if a man divorced a woman in those times, we're talking human rights issues. She was thrown out like a piece of trash. She really was, and that needs to be highlighted. Divorce then doesn't look like divorce today. She was no longer under any umbrellas of protection because she was passed from the umbrella of protection of her father to her husband, and if he divorces her, she, do, she doesn't go back under her father's umbrella. She's out. She is no longer anyone's property, and she can be discarded. I mean, that was how it was understood. And all the law says is that a man needed to obtain the proper paperwork to do that. I mean, Joseph could have done that to Mary in the early part of this Gospel of Matthew. All that the law says is he needed to just, you know, sign on the dotted line. And if he had that signature and that proper paperwork and was signed off, everything was in check, he's okay. Jesus is challenging this treatment. God cares about relationships and people being hurt. And not just the woman, but in this case, the woman being hurt. When people, and especially women, are being cheapened or treated like objects, thrown out like trash, isn't it dehumanizing to all? You all know we have rampant objectification and exploitation of human bodies and sex in our culture. I mean, 
it's still out there. And on days like this, when there's lots of commercials on television with the Super Bowl, I think we're going to see it again. I think some things have improved, but we still have this. And this isn't just a women's rights issue. This isn't just something we teach our girls about to respect their bodies. It's something we have to teach boys and men about also because everyone is dehumanized in that activity of lust and adultery and sexual exploitation and rampant commercialization of sex and sexuality. God didn't create us to hurt others and to be hurt. God didn't create us to cheapen others and to be cheapened. God cares about our relationships. And this needs to be said too, sex is good and beautiful and a gift from the God. That's, that's scriptural. When people are being hurt in this way or any way, Jesus stands up and speaks. Jesus stands up and speaks. When you're being hurt, when you are hurting others or yourself, just flying under the radar, following the rules, is not a full life. Doing the bare minimum to stay out of legal trouble. No, choose life. Take risks in your Jesus following. May your yes be yes. This is right and good. And your no be no. This is wrong and unjust. We're not just mousy Christians squeaking and peeping and creeping along quietly. No, we're giants, friends, of compassion and justice, righteousness and God's grace and peace and joy for this world. See, this is actually a passage about healing. We have to dig a little deeper. We are so filled to the brim with Christ's light. Remember last week was the text about salt and light. Jesus says, you're salt for the earth. You are light for the world. We are so filled to the brim with Christ's light that we can't help but live in ways that reflect God's healing love for this world. This is all response to God's grace stuff. We can't help it. We're so filled with God's goodness. We, we can't help but turn and, and look out, outside. Having encountered the reality of Christ's divine presence in this word, in the holy word, in the holy meal, in this community, we can't help but go and love our neighbors. And even our enemies, that's coming next week, actually, in Jesus' three-chapter sermon. We can't help but keep our relationships in check and loving. We can't help but forgive. We can't help but stand up for those who are cast aside or those who are going through hell at home or at work or in school or on the streets or at the margins of society in this nation and this world. Remember that you're blessed. Remember that you're salt and light. Yes, we're capable of some pretty awful things. It's true. But with Christ's light shining before us and through us, with Christ's body and blood actually inside us, with Christ's blessing upon us, with Christ's spirit below us, carrying us, there is no valley of the shadow of death through which we can't pass to the other side, still held in God's gracious and loving embrace. This is that Holy Spirit life to which Christ invites us again. No matter what your past looks like, that rich life, that abundant life of following Jesus starts anew this day. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Bethlehem Lutheran Church, thank you for listening. Check us out again soon. And to learn more about our national church body, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, visit elca.org. Goodbye for now. And remember, God's outpouring of grace and peace never runs dry. Here's to a new day. Evangelical. That was terrible. To learn more about our national church body. Start over, start over. (laughs) Okay. Is that hard? No, not really. Pretty easy? Yeah. You're good at it.